Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. We are coming to you here with episode number 48. <sighs> Crazy. Cuarenta y ocho. This week's featured artist comes to us from the Washington, D.C. area. Kendra Kuliga from Cielo Productions. She is responsible for the logo and labels for three star brewing. Not two stars or four stars, but three stars. Three stars brewing.com. Cielo, C I E L O dot productions on Instagram or just Get rid of the dot. Celloproductions.com is the website. Yeah, just check it out. Yeah, get a little funky. Bringing it to you. We are here. This is the first episode of season number five. We are moving and grooving. Five seasons in, 48 episodes, and we're having a great time. We thank you and you and you. For being a part of it. If you are new here, we welcome you. You are just getting your feet wet. You can dive back into the archives, enjoy some great episodes from some of my new and, I don't know, new friends. Yeah, we'll say some of my new friends. It's been really great. Making friends all over the country and all around the world. And we're doing our part to introduce you to the artists and designers from around the world, worldwide. Who bring your favorite beers and breweries to life. Breweries is a weird word. Breweries. It doesn't really roll off the tongue like you want it to, but we'll keep we'll keep it. Keep it in there. No need to edit that all out. But we're having a great time. Winter is almost over. The groundhog saw his shadow. But what's weird with that? And I know we're not gonna get into like you know weather discussions. But now there's like seven different groundhogs. Like there used to be one, Punxsutawney Phil, and like that was it. He was the dude. He was, you know, he appeared in the Bill Murray movie. Which came first, the Punxsutawney or the Bill Murray? You know, it's obviously the the Punxsutawney Murray. And now, like you listen to the news and like you know Groundhog's Day, and there's like oh the local groundhog and this groundhog, dude. Let's just you know. Everyone's here trying to get their piece of the pie, but it's getting a little ridiculous. There's only one. He's in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, and he is the OG of Groundhog Day. So I'm hearing that we're going to not have the six more weeks of winter. I could definitely get behind that. I prefer the more of a fall-spring kind of guy versus the winter-summer. I don't like the extremes. I like hoodie and relaxing weather. So we will see what happens with that. It's still stout season, so, you know, drink me if you got them. So enjoy. Like I said, this is episode number 48. 48 episodes that we're very proud of. Each artist is different. Each label is different. But yet they all have a lot of things in common. So it's really nice. One of the themes I love inspires me. You know, it makes me push things. makes me try to, you know, evolve and grow the show. 
look for ways to expand our audience, try to find creative ways to present the content is all of our entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs. It's a play on words. But I think you're looking at a lot of small business owners and, you know, really kind of untouted individuals. A lot of the folks that you're meeting, you know, it might not be household names in the craft beer industry, but we're doing our part to to make them a little more well-known or appreciated. So when you're at that brewery and you've seen that sick logo or you're holding that can in your hand, you can, uh, you know, it's it's good conversational too. It's better than asking somebody about the fucking weather. Well, how's the weather today? It's like, oh no, do you know, you see this Coke can that Kendra just made or you see this new one that Carl made or Mike or Will and, you know, Steve. The list goes on and on. We've got some great people we've been associated with and we're really proud. Now more than ever, you know, you go to the Instagram 16OZ Canvas, you can find us there, but the hashtag 16OZ Canvas or tic tac toe or pound sign, whatever you call it, more folks are using it, which I love. But also, I love seeing all the different cans. And either I use it for research purposes, so that means if I didn't, haven't found you yet, I'm coming at you because we're really proud to say we're almost done locking down episode, I mean, season number six. Our six twelve pack of artists that will be coming soon, definitely before the end of the month, if not sooner. But people are doing amazing work, and they're all different. They're you know they're looking for inspiration from each other. They're using it as a creative outlet. They're having fun. They're getting a little too you know. I get the hop puns, but you know I think we probably can you know tone that down by about ten percent. You know there's only so many words you can use hop in, but. That'll be for another podcast, and yeah, we're even that. We're trying to find new ways to do the podcast, get folks who aren't artists or designers, get their feedback, get their thought process, or maybe just have them fanboy, you know, talk about their favorite, you know, labels. Who knows? But whatever it is, we're going to bring it to you each and every week, and we want to thank you for being a part of it. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. It was a lot of fun because we have episodes where we don't know how things are going to go. You know, we have limited interaction with individuals over email. You know, the artists, you know, artists can be reserved, you know, talking about themselves. They let their art speak for them, you know, speak for them. And that's the representation. And so to get to speak to Kendra, having really, you know, maybe spoken for about five or ten minutes before the you know the tape got rolling, you know, it was really nice to, to you know, warm up and become comfortable with somebody. You can feel that throughout the interview and just really celebrate them. And so, you know, this is a small glimpse, a small snapshot of that cello you know heaven and earth it's a beautiful thing and uh we hope you enjoy this one so without further ado i bring to you kendra kuliga cello productions three stars brewing right here on the 16 ounce canvas you guessed it we are still the art of craft beer podcast enjoy hello and welcome to another edition of the 16 ounce canvas the Art of Craft Beer podcast. My name is AJ Kierens, and we are excited to have with us, joining us from CLO Productions, Kendra Kuliga. You know, thank you so much for uh, joining us today, Kendra. You're more than welcome. Thank you for having me. Excellent. And so uh, we came to learn of Kendra through the work that uh, she has done with uh, Three Stars. It's uh, Three Stars down in Washington, D.C. area. So if you had a chance to uh, check them out. I definitely am, need to make a point to visit next time I'm in town. But we were definitely uh, you know, drawn to you by the you know the different labels and looks and feel uh, they 
the versatility of your work and, you know, and more and more seeing three stars all over the place and, you know, your, your branding and labels, you know, are, uh, are a big part of that. So we, we, we thank you for, for making the time to, to join us today. Of course. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. So like I said, um, you can, if you want to you know, follow along with, uh, with Kendra, you can follow along uh, her website, uh, Cielo, which is the Italian, as I was uh, schooled on before, for kind of heaven and skies. So it's C-I-E-L-O productions.com. You know, it's that easy. It's pretty, pretty straightforward. And then uh, you can find the, the same. It's Cielo.productions on Instagram. So you can see some of the, the visual work there and follow along. Um, you know, during that, we like to promote as much as we can your work. So I do get you some, get you some plugs in throughout. So it's, uh, it's exciting. So hopefully, uh, you know, huge, your, your Instagram just blows up from, from this interview it just becomes, just becomes huge. So that's our, that's our takeaway. So again, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we just, yeah, we want to, you know, 30,000 feet, just kind of want to learn a little bit more about Kendra, how you got into, you know, drawing, you know, branding the, you know, the, the work that you do with with your company and just kind of uh you know give us your give you know, give us your whole life real quick just sum up everything about you and you know we'll go from there no pressure awesome so uh what do you want to know what just, do you want to start well you know just kind of uh how you got into you know drawing kind of when you, you know what yeah where where the the path took you you know we really want to growing up college, sure, I am yeah. pretty much been drawing all my life um you know always had a pen in or a pencil in my hand and uh get yelled at from the you know the teachers who just didn't like that I was always drawn but that's just kind of my my language I love to draw I love images I love um how it can say more than sometimes words um you know and uh so yeah I've just really been into it and uh, I ended up going to Maryland Institute College of Art in Baltimore Maryland um, wanting to pursue a, a life in art. And thankfully, my mom was very supportive of that idea. She never questioned me wanting to be a professional artist, which was super cool. Um, and so I graduated with my Bachelor of Fine Arts and and uh, just wanted to make art. And fortunately, I have been able to, to follow that path. I'm a professional artist, graphic artist, web designer, photographer, illustrator, um, brand, brand developer. So, um, my whole language in my business is visual. So I'm very fortunate that I can continue this path. Um, and you know, the, the thing that I, I realized when we were, um, graduating college is, uh, especially for fine artists like myself, that there really, really wasn't a, a trade at the time. This was back in 1996, um, that, fine artists could get into. Um, you'd have to be a graphic artist or an illustrator in order to get a job um, with, with, with publishing or bookmaking. Um, so I kind of felt at a loss that, you know, I had all these like awesome skills that I developed over the last four years and didn't really have any place to put them. So, um, you know, fortunately the beer industry or the craft beer industry kind of blew up and the focus is kind of, you know, fine art branding. Um, some of the labels out there are at times very graphic, but at other times super artistic and just beautiful works of art. So I think um, it's a great place for a lot of fine artists to find work. 
and to to show their skills. And um, yeah, I, I count myself part of that process. So, you know, I like that, you know, we can use the language of a visual art and how to cap- capture the eye and also just how to create interest in, in the product. Yeah, I really agree. I mean, I, I think that somebody should do a podcast about it, but I think it's really, yeah, it's, it's really interesting because to your point, it's, I, I think that the art and the, the fact that there's so much more beer being made and art, you know, beer itself is an art form. So the, it's just a natural, I think, progression that they would kind of team, team out with folks like yourself and, you know, allow you to bring their, you know, we say, you know, that the, the artists and designers who, you know, bring your favorite beers and breweries to life. And that's, that's really what we think happens. You know, that's one of the, the big kind of taglines or mantras we have because we think it's you know it's especially in a hyper competitive space you know the the branding you know is, is is super important and that's done through you know the different labels and and art that you know folks like yourself are doing so it it, it is nice to to find the folks who have that fine art background also and are able to use this as a as a creative outlet so i'm i'm psyched that you found found your niche and it's uh it's can it seems like it's keeping you pretty busy yeah, I mean, you know, it's uh, working for Three Stars um, definitely has tapped into that more creative side. Um, you know, being a designer, sometimes you don't get that opportunity. You have to just make things look pretty, but like there's no real personal taste to it. Um, it's, or, you know, it's it's more stagnant, but I mean, well, I, I'd like to think that everything that I do has, has some flavor and definitely want to make sure that my products or whatever I produce for my clients stands out but specifically with three stars you know i i try to look at um at as many cans as possible you know and try to see like what's the new trends um you know what are people doing and you know to to make their their products stand off the shelf because you know i feel like the more detail that exists in a can or in a product the harder it is to see it's kind of kind of like you have to walk up on it and then you can see all the fine lines and the you know the beautiful uh, illustration that takes place but you know if you stand five feet back you really don't see it um it, you know it just requires like that personal up close uh attention so in developing three stars i kind of want you to be able to tell what you're looking at um or at least it to jump off the shelf like 10 15 feet back you know i can spot my my cans um at the local um craft goose store that, that actually is in my building um pretty much when the moment that I walk in the door, I can see what they're on the shelf because, you know, I just want it to like pop off. So people, you know, when they walk in, they're looking for a particular three stars brand, you know, they just walk in, they find it, they walk out. Um, and also, you know, I'd like to think that the, the, the labels are um, interesting enough that people who are just looking for a good IPA or a good porter or you know, any of the kinds of beers or a good sour, any of the kinds of beer that um, Three Stars produces, um, the, the label maybe would tip them off and say, hey, you know, try this beer um, because of the label. So that's also part of the, the whole branding process is making something look interesting and inviting, um, even if somebody's not familiar with the taste of the, the product. Right. And our whole story is that we're, you know, we're beer agnostic. So while I've, I think I've had the Starsky and Hutch, um, I haven't, in full you know, transparency, I haven't, uh, I haven't had much from three stars. But I think that what you're saying is is, is true that there are they do have a consistency. Each of them are, 
unique, but they draw you in where folks maybe okay, let me I never this looks really cool. I'm curious. This is the styles I'm looking for. And that because okay. the, there's the you know the two schools, right? There's the the brand loyalist who goes in and knows to grab, you know, what they want and they know they can look for it quickly, get in and get out. And there's the the curious roamer who goes back up and forth and then they okay, I know I want an IPA but or I want a stout, but I'm not sure. And then it comes down to your work drawing them in for the first time. So you kind of have to, you know, get them. And then obviously the beer has to be quality for them to come back. So I definitely feel that that's why the, the subtle, you know, the branding has become competitive in that regard, just because people are, are fighting for the folks who are either getting into craft beer for the first time or trying to learn about a new beer product and willing to be adventurous. So I think that going the extra mile with, you know, individuals like yourself has really, has really helped that. Yeah, it's a it's a challenge, man. I I look at some of the labels out there, and I'm just like, whoa, you know, they're getting very sophisticated and um, really breaking away from um, the corporate branding that you see from Budweiser and um, Anheuser Busch. It's like their whole line, you know, where where things look really commercialized and set up to appeal to the masses, you know, where I think you know craft beer. Um, tries to kind of separate itself just not only in taste but also in, in the way they present their product it's a little bit more edgy it's a little bit more um you know off the cuff like they don't have to have lawyers and you know a team of of of, of designers and, and and project managers to okay a product before it goes to to print you know you just have basically the owner and maybe a designer which is how it works with three stars um develop a product and then it just pretty much hits goes to the printer with you know very very little time <laughs> with a lot it's like there's not many cooks in the kitchen i guess is what i'm trying to say is so it's um it's a nice process to kind of have that freedom to produce something for for three stars um with a lot with not a lot of back and forth um which is what i can only anticipate what what would happen if you work for corporate and there's obviously with corporate you don't really have a lot of freedom either you just kind of have to stick to the brand style that's been established for decades you know yeah yeah a lot of your your labels i mean the the placement of the three stars you know is in the same spot but it's different color choices and so it has kind of that underlying commonality but each label is its own you know distinct you know uh piece which i think is really really nice and with self-distribution now and not having you know be a macro brewery you don't have to Obviously, depending on different states, you know, you have to go through different, you know, TTB or uh, COLA or whatever to, to get approval. But when you can self-distribute or people buy it at, on site, you don't you have even more flexibility to do stuff like that. So it's a, uh, oh yeah, it, it definitely is exciting to to have that, you know, I guess that that freedom. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's there's some labels that I mean, that, that it's just cool that they exist. <laughs> that that the the owners just said, all right, let's just go for it. Let's make this happen. And, and we make it happen. And it's cool. You know, people, people seem to respond well to it. I think like, um, habeas corpus is one of the cooler, what, like in, in just recent memory, um, it was based on a, a photo that I took in, uh, Prague and, uh, went to a bone church over there. Um, Kutnahura and, uh, you know, just was blown away by this church that was made of all bones, um, well, at least decorated in all bones inside. 
and, you know, snapped a bunch of shots. And then when um, it was time to develop that label, um, Dave, who is the, who's in charge of marketing, he's the guy that I, and he's also um, co-owner of Three Stars. Um, he said, I just want a metal label for this particular beer. And I was like, cool, I think I got you. So I, I slapped a, you know, some, some bones on this, on this label and it just, you know, it just rocked and they loved it. Everybody seemed to respond well to it. I don't think it, it was um, available for, for much time after the, the launch. So that definitely means that people responded well to it. So yeah, that's, it's kind of stuff like that, you know, where, you know, you just kind of collect bits and pieces and you don't know if it's going to end up on the label or not. You just, you know, just kind of have it in um, my library of, of potential things that will influence future work. And in that particular case, um, that, that shot or that photograph got translated into a label, which is nice. It is nice. Cause then it's like, you know, it, it makes it a more personal experience for you and, you know, to, I think, I think, what your job, you know, and be able to bring someone else, they, you know, they might give you some crazy words or imagery or emotions. And then you, sometimes you have more, sometimes you have less and to, to have to bring that to life and do it when they're like, yes, let's run with it. Like, you know, that, especially cause you're saying there's, you know, very, you know, less, um, layers or, or red tape to go through that, you know, it's a, oh, yeah. a, a little more intimate experience too, that you're able you know, that, you know that you did that and when there's a, you know a lot of times with larger firms or um which which is fine but like you know what yeah. where, where things start and where they end up don't really ever you know aren't you like oh that's my foot i drew there but the rest of it is you know totally hacked up or, or, or changed you know and so that that definitely uh you know allows you to to see your work like you said you get stairs and you go to grab a you know, some beer and, or, or, you know, what have you. And you're like, you know, your work is there on the you know, shelf. It's kind of like, you know, your mini little art gallery, you know, all over, all over the, uh, the local area. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty freaking cool, but I will have to give a lot of credit to Dave. Cause you know, it's, he, he comes up with the concepts. Um, that's how it works is, uh, you know, once they develop a beer that they want to produce, um, he'll send me, a text or sometimes an email and he's just like, okay, this is what I'm thinking. And, you know, he'll just kind of give me like a sentence or two and it's pretty straightforward and he's an excellent communicator. So, you know, or, and I think I've also learned how to interpret his language. And then, you know, I might have to follow up with a phone call just to make sure I'm right on track. And the next thing you know, like I'm pulling together a label for him to review probably within like a few hours. And then, um, We'll, you know, we'll look at it together and then he'll, he'll give me some direction if, if it works for him or if he wants me to completely scrap it and then just do a rework. But I mean, I pretty much get the, the label within like two, two revisions. So it's like the first revision may not take, but the second one will because of the, you know, the good communication that he and I have, um, which I think is pretty awesome considering like we don't spend a lot of time on, on the labels because of the, the good communication that he has in, in his vision of what he wants with the labels. And, you know, I have a good way of like interpreting it and coming up with solutions that'll make his vision come to life. So, I mean, I guess um, I like to think of myself in my, my design process, like similar to like a cephalopod or like a, a cuttlefish or an octopus where it's like, you know, I, I can adapt to my surroundings to like, I can, I can make the artwork um, look what like what the client wants it to look like you know i can you know i don't really i think like art school one of the things that um it did was it you know definitely helped me develop my abilities but i also 
had to learn how to have many, like I took general fine arts. So I, I learned many different styles. And um, ultimately, um, when I went to work for the city paper, they kind of ripped up my whole idea of like identity and just say, all right, you're going to have to, uh, the city paper is a, is a local um, like, uh, alternative newspaper. It was like my first graphic design job. And um, they basically tore up any sort of sense of identity. Like I had to blend into every single client that I, you know, I had to um, create ads for or, or it adds for like it, it like it was seamless like I could have done it and, you know um designer next to me could have done it like didn't really matter my ego sure got bruised in that process but I think it ended up like giving me a good um foundation for a job like what I have now which is like it's not really ego based you know like I don't think of labels that I create as something that I did it's definitely a team effort um and um, it's it's a collaboration. I mean, I think that's kind of true to the whole craft brewery industry is that you know, we work together to make something better. Um, and that's kind of how I feel with, with working with Dave is that we work together in each project to, to make something that he or I could not make on our own. So I think that's kind of cool to see what we create together. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I think... <laughs> Yeah, because I, I think that we've gotten some of the feedback we've gotten because I like because one of the aspects I love about speaking with folks like yourself, Kendra, is the entrepreneurial and the small business and trying to like the takeaways of the, you know, the hard work and the grind. But, you know, a lot of folks have said that while it's not your ideal end place to be working for somebody else or, you know, somebody else's kind of constrictions um, or restrictions um, with you know your shitty paper example it is, it's made you better, you know, it might not have been the best situation and it's not like, you know, the, the job where you want to finish your career, but it's helped you have a different yeah. perspective or just working with different, um, personalities and dynamics to, to look at things you know differently. And, you know, especially, yeah, take feedback and, and criticism and use that as a, you know, as a, as a part of the process. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, I, I actually get surprised. Um, there's been a few labels that I developed for for three stars that, you know, I just got some instruction and then I basically came out with like an idea because that's what popped in my head. And then Dave's like, done. And I'm like, really? Done? Like, you don't want me to do another revision? Like, you don't want any changes? Because this is, I mean, I just came up with something. He was like, nope, love it. <laughs> Send it to Brian. And I'm like, what the hell? It's shocking, you know, when, when that happens. Um, I kind of expect to have some sort of criticism or some sort of feedback to tell me like, it's not quite the direction or, you know, it's not quite perfect or whatever. But I mean, I, I guess that kind of shows like after working together for the last five years, um, how fluid and seamless our relationship has become where he, you know, I just kind of get his vibe and, and, and feel where he's coming from. And I think that's a, it's a sensitivity that doesn't, that's beyond words. You know, you can't really, I don't know. It's just like, I feel his vibe and his excitement about what he's doing. And I'm just like, okay, I, I got you here. Let's put this together. You know, like when um he asked for a Starsky and Dutch to be put together, I knew exactly like how I could see clearly how it was going to format the word Starsky and Dutch. I knew it was going to be on the side because that would take up the most real estate on the can. So it would really stand out when you're, you know, on the, on the shelf. Um, and um, it worked out perfectly. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's just, 
I, I try to get myself familiar with the, um, the subject matter that, that Dave suggests. And he'll tell me to look at some, some things just to kind of get my, my whistle wet, if you will, or, you know, just get myself familiar with what he's trying to accomplish. And then, you know, after spending a few minutes on that, I'll be able to come up with something that that's a good start. Yeah. And talking about the revisions, I mean, speaking the same language, right. That probably saves, you know, four or five revisions, you know, so you've already gone through in your head when he says something, you have your initial probably, you know, sketch in your head, then he says something else. And, you know, if you were animating your, you know, your, your thought bubble, right. It's probably something you, you wipe that away or make an adjustment. And so by the time you're ready to bring it to bring it to life, you've already, you know, gone through various, you know, concepts in your head that you've envisioned envisioned already drawing for him. Yeah. I, um, I definitely, you know, try to imagine what it could look like. Um, and, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, I'll have my inspirations by taking a walk or working out. Um, one of the, one of the funny stories is that when I was working on the grapefruit ghost, Dave told me that all he wanted, he didn't know what it was going to look like. All he said that he wanted was, um, a grapefruit slice in the front. And then, you know, I was in the shower and I was thinking like, how, how am I going to do that? Like, I don't want it to look like it's a, you know, a health drink. Um, I want it to still have some sort of um, relation or some sort of, you know, loop back to the brand of three stars. So I was just kind of not sure what, what I was going to do. And this is one of the first um, labels that we developed when we went to paper labels or rather. Um, yeah. So I was just like, why don't we use the, um, the sugar skull? And, you, you know, instead of using a clover for the eye, we'll just replace it with a, with a grapefruit slice and then use like very like swatch. Um, remember the watch swatch <laughs> use kind of like those really like fluorescent eighties colors um, to, to sell the, to sell the label. And, and uh, I put it together for him and then it was like, Whoa, this is awesome. And then he loved it so much that all the core beers were based off of that, you know? And I just remember like, <laughs> It's just that, you know, that, that kind of that magical moment in the shower that I was just like, yeah, this is what we're going to do. And then it just kind of laid the format for future beers that just, you know, this is just kind of how it works. It's like one idea feeds into the next and it's kind of cool. Yeah, that's all. It is awesome. Cause I think that inspiration comes at weird moments and I always, there's always times where I'm like <laughs> trying to, I've, I've started when I've come up with new ideas to like, I keep my own phone number in my phone and I just text myself the idea. So then like it just, it's there or just like do like a voice audio. So I don't forget it. Cause yeah. Yeah. It doesn't always work out the next day when you hear them, but you know, sometimes a few drinks in, it sounds like a good idea. And the next day it's like, <laughs> I can't even translate my own, you know, how much I'm like, yeah, we'll put that one in the old chopping block. We'll get that one some other time. Can't all yeah, be, exactly. Can't all be home runs. I like to say, you know, if, if, if um, in baseball, right? If you hit 300, you're, you're a Hall of Famer. So you know, if, if I'll, I just take the baseball philosophy, three out of ten is, is pretty good. I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, yeah, total. I mean, my process is uh, I when I'm when I'm doing research on a label, um, I'll have like a folder up, you know, on my my desktop, and I'll just Google like every and anything that could possibly. Um, reference what that label could look like and just kind of get some visual textures and language in there. Um, and then based on that, that's where the ideas start flowing. I mean, sometimes they come to me without having to do any research. 
Um, but sometimes I actually have to like <clears throat> look at the, you know, look at the interwebs and, um, and, you know, start getting the ideas going, but I definitely have a process and it seems, it seems to be very time economized. I know that like with craft breweries, um, I try to maximize the time that I spend on each label, um, just because, you know, I want to keep the cost down and I know how much beer they're producing and they want labels for a lot of their, um, a lot of their brew. So I just want to make sure it's accessible to them and it's, and it's reasonable. So, you know, we've, we've had the system down and I think it takes like anywhere from three to five hours to come up with the label from start to finish and it'd be, you know, and setting it up for the printer. So like, it's, it's a done deal. Um, you know, I've, I've read articles where sometimes it takes weeks for a designer to finally get the final label ready for print. And, you know, that's, I don't, I would like to see what their process is to get the, to get it there. I mean, definitely the skill and the design is, is impeccable, but um, yeah, I, it just, it's just curious, like people's process and how much time it takes them to come to from point A to point B. But, you know, I try to do things fast because I also have like, other clients that you know need my my work so i try to spend as few a little time as possible on each project so i can get to the next project yeah well yeah it's impressive yeah that's impressive and we are back you're listening to the 16 ounce canvas the art of hair beer podcast episode number 48 kendra kuliga Yellow Productions, 16-ounce canvas, three stars brewing. All right, we got all the administrative stuff out of the way. But, yeah, just pumping them out in a few hours. She's a machine. We heard folks talk about, I mean, we talk about the process. Every artist is different. I mean, I, I think that she's very humble and doesn't, you know, add in the, you know, the mental hours or the, you know, the visualization that's not done, you know, on a piece of paper or, a program, but you know, I think it's really impressive just that you know they have that connection and are able to you know verbalize and kind of work things out well before you know the, the sketches start. And when it does happen, it makes it for a very quick process. And I think that that's not easy to do. I think when you have that you know synergy with somebody and you're able to you know vibe and speak, and you know what you say, you know means something to somebody else, but, you know, when the two of you are connected, you know, boom. Like, humble brag. You know, my wife and I, when we go to game nights, you know, when it's like the Pictionary or the, you know, categories, you know, things like that, we rock that shit. You know, we are on point because we can just say random words or things that we associate with, you know, have the connection. Boom. You know? I don't know. It's not the same. I mean, we're not drawing. I mean, my stick man is pretty badass. You know, he's got some depth and, you know, my line work is improved and, you know, really is, uh, you know, showing the different pains and, you know, really, you know, really brings uh, you know, a lot of life to the, the decision. But, you know, we're not doing work like we have, uh, you know, here with some of these amazing people. But I think there's just something to said, be said for that is that that connection and that trust and, you know, allowing somebody to be creative and still know that they're going to represent your brand and your vision. So it's really exciting. There's some more cool information coming up for you about, you know, three stars and the work, you know, Kendra did for them, kind of the, you know, some of the story, you know, there. We'll leave that as kind of a teaser for the second part. But, 
we thank you. And we're just having a great time. So this is a good story. I think it's a nice, nice experience, really great way for us to kick off the fifth 12-pack, really trying to you know, meet folks from all over the country. And now that I get to get around to you know, D.C. a few times a year, it'll be cool to, you know, to head on over to, to, to Three Stars, maybe with Kendra, and you know, have a couple in person. So I think uh, beer and the craft beer community, while it is about you know, the beer, it's also about the people. I think you meet great people, you have great experiences, you know, even you know, food trucks and the expansion, you know, breweries and you know, with tap rooms, depending on the state, you know, people get creative. You know, you see, I think that the food court, uh, food cart, excuse me, you know, explosion, you know, part of that is, you know, through things like breweries having them be there and being them on site and, you know, sharing that and trying to figure out new ways to, you know, improve the experience and, you know, pushing the envelope. So, now we're pushing the envelope inside the can, on the can, in the tap room, you know, on-site sales. And so it's uh, never been a you know better time to be a you know, craft beer enjoyer, regardless, you know, of your quote-unquote skill level or level, you know, of uh, maybe you're, you know, we're not all Cicerones, you know, you can't, you know, we're not going to sit here and talk about, you know, the tannins or the rail barrel character we get in the you know, beers, you know. We might, they might show up, you know, we'll enjoy that. And I would love to definitely, you know, take a class, but that's not what we're going to get here. But what would be cool, and I don't, know if, I don't know if you're out there, but if you are, if you are a unicorn, if maybe you're somebody out there who follows along because of the artist and the design work and trying to start your own business and just learning about, you know, process and, you know, the hustle and the grind and the hard work that all these folks are doing. You don't like craft beer? If that's you, you know, reach out. We'd love to. That would that would be really great. You know, to think that we've kind of branched out. And you know, if you're a family member and you realize that probably no one's going to reach out to me for that, you know, just make up a fake Yahoo account. You know, shoot me an email. Just tell me you know you really enjoy the program. So make it a win-win. You know, help this help this little guy out. We'd appreciate it. But no. We do appreciate it. We've been getting, you know, more and more emails. We've gotten, you know, some solicitations and, you know, recommendations and other shins and things for us. And so, uh, you know, week by week. And like we said a couple weeks ago, the ink is almost dry on uh, a contract. And we will be uh, able to announce, or at least uh, send out the save the dates for our event later this summer. So that's very exciting. But you came here for Kendra. Now for me to ramble on, so let's get right back into it. This is part two, part two, the deuce, Kendra, three stars, 16, other words, spaced out to make them sound more exciting. Enjoy. Now what is, from a, from a like, what is your actual process? Like, how do you... Like your sketches and your drawings, are you how how are you creating those? What what tools are you using? Um, well, I mean it really it really depends. Like sometimes I'll just um you know, I'll have the the idea in my head and then I'll start just drawing it right into Illustrator. Um or I'll actually sketch it out and then I'll put it into Illustrator, um, you know, and, and trace it there. Um so I mean it really depends on like how much imagery needs to exist in the label 
um, like for instance, zombie date night, which is one of the latest, um, it, they, we just canned it. It's a raspberry, uh, porter, um, and, um, imperial quarter, sorry. Um, we, you know, I, 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 I just like took a pad of paper and just draw, drew a bunch of zombies inside of a car, <laughs> you know, like hanging out at the movie theater. Um, and had like a a, wait, a waitress like serving um, brains to them, you know, just it's kind of a funny little label, and um, you know, put that into Illustrator and just traced it and you know added color, and then um, you know obviously you can't have a beer label with uh, that has zombies in it without blood everywhere, so I kind of had splattered blood, <laughs> just kind of like reenacting the whole horror scene, um, and you know it just went from there, but. One of the things um, particularly about our labels that I like to have, if I can, you know, you know, if, if budget allows us to print on metallicized labels um, because of the um, move to having labels placed on aluminum cans, I want to reference the cans in the glyph, you know, I don't know um, if it translates as well in, um, in photos, but when you're holding the can, it's just like as you turn it, you'll get like the glisten of the metal um, that kind of highlights and glistens the words or details of the design. Um, and yeah, so I'm actually looking at all my cans right now. That's why I brought it. <laughs> but that's one of the, the, the things that that is kind of a consistent factor with uh, with three stars or a consistent element is that we always have kind of like metal showing through. And I know not a lot of um, breweries do that they just print on like um, white pop labels and so there is not that metallic effect but I think the metal um, referencing the aluminum can is always like eye-catching and interesting yeah I think I think that people get creative you know with color limitations and you know I've some folks have used the aluminum as like the seventh color depending on their printing process and so I, I do find just little subtleties or or working within the confines or I guess the limitations of some things and really trying to, you know, maximize it to, to give it a, you know, a different feel is, is not lost on me. I mean, I definitely, we've been doing this almost a year now. So I definitely, when I hold that can in my hand, I'm always thinking like, Oh, what were the colors used yeah. here? What kind of labels this? And so it's a, it's really, yeah, it's really given me a new appreciation for not only the beer inside and the decisions, but just kind of the, the whole process overall. You know what's really cool though, um, and, and, and you mentioned six colors, the, the, the can being, or rather the aluminum from the can being the seventh, is now that we've moved to like paper or metallic paper, um, we have CMYK builds instead of the limited um, painted cans, which only allows for six colors. Um, we only did two painted cans back in the day, it was uh, Citra Lemon and Ghost. And then um, we moved to having um, our labels printed on these, you know, white bot paper labels or metallicized labels, which gave us the, you know, full spectrum of color. So we don't have to economize and design for the limitations of what it's like to print on a, a, a aluminum can. And I'll tell you, it's, it's very time consuming because you got to figure out, like, how are these colors going to make beer look or like how to design the label and making beer the beer look really um, interesting when you only have like a palette of six colors plus the seventh aluminum 
Um, I mean, it really slows you down and have to think like, well, how can we do this in a, in a, in a very effective way? But having the doors blown open and it's just like, no, you can do whatever you want. You can do full color now. And it's just like, oh, that's so cool. And I think that also is adding to the, the, um, the avant-gardeness of the, you know, the, the, the modern label of craft breweries is that we can do full color. And that definitely sets us apart from, you know, corporate lab- corporate beer labels, which are painted on cans. So yeah, I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome too. Cause I learned that about that. Some folks have that, you know, I just, I, with having little ones around, I just looked at, you know, I think after one of the calls, I just, looked at my son's, you know, box of Crayolas and thought like, oh, man, if I was just all like, it was like one of the badass super boxes. And I was like, if I just took and said, you can only have six of these colors and actually probably five, mm-hmm. if you count them, usually white and black. So really white, black and aluminum, if you wanted to of the seven, you really only have what, four really to go four with. Colors. And, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you can pare it you, down. Yeah. I mean, I'm colorblind, so I probably don't see all the colors anyway. So, I mean, I would, but I know that 90% of the people aren't. Um, so, but I was just like, oh, that would, that would be really, that that would be difficult. You know, once or twice, but consistently. (laughs) I think our, um, our sugar skull has red, green, um, gray, white, black. So it's got five colors. So unless we're going to use pretty much that formula for every single can um we have to like we had to rethink how we're going to print the sugar skull like the gray became silver so then we could use silver up in other places so we know it's then that freed up one color so we really like yeah it's it i'm glad we moved away from that (laughs) that's not my concern anymore it's just like we're just printing um full color labels and that's just awesome i love it now did you come up with the is the skull logo is that yours Yes. Um, actually, um, that's how I even got in touch with Three Stars. Um, when I was working, well, I, I still work for Radium Pint, um, which is a local craft brew. They, they specialize in American craft beer. Um, they're right here in my neighborhood of Columbia Heights in Washington, D.C. Um, their beer director at the time, Sam Fitz, um, was in contact with three stars and this is when they first started. I think they had their, they were like less than a year at this point and, um, they were about to have their first year anniversary and they wanted a mural to kind of like commemorate the brewery's first year anniversary and just like have, kind of have something exciting in the, in the brewery. And, you know, at the time, a lot of breweries were like having murals painted on the wall. It was like a, it was a thing. Um, so he set up a meeting to, you know, he, he had me contact Dave and uh, my partner and I, we came in and um, at first we thought he was going to do more of like a um, kind of like, like similar, like a world war two type propaganda style artwork, um, which was very big, I guess, <laughs> like five years ago. Um, but you know, when we came into the meeting, he's like, you know, I changed my mind. I was talking to my wife. I think we're going to do um, a sugar skull. And, I'll, and my, my partner and I looked at each other like, yeah, I mean, we love sugar skulls. Like, we'll totally rock that. So the question was, is like, how do we make sh- a sugar skull um, and adapt it to the branding or the potential branding of three stars? So, um, you know, we, um, my partner, Bella, her name's Bella Nana, um, she 
she and I, we like scoured the internet for all the different kinds of sugar spills that exist out there just to see like proportions like forehead to um, jaw and cheekbone ratio, just to see like what, what it would be the most appealing. And then um, we thought we, we talked to them about like who they, um, who Dave and Mike are. And we found out that they're both Irish. So we put um, shamrocks for the eyes and then we put the boondock saints Celtic cross in for the eye, you know, for the center eye. And then um, we used the stars and bars for, for the DC flag as kind of the mask for the, the sugar skull. And then um, we added some, like, since my partner is a belly dancer, we added some belly dance um, elements, like, or rather um, kind of like tattoo slash, you know, designs that you would see in the belly dance world, kind of in the cheekbones and um, and jaw. So, like, there is a lot of kind of mixing, blending of culture and and, um, and ideas, you know, of what, what would work out for best for the, um, for the mural. And Dave liked it so much, he handed up, or actually um, Dave and Mike liked it so much, they wanted to put this sugar skull as every, on everything. They, they saw it as a, as like kind of a mascot. Um, and it translates really well to t-shirts and cans and um, stickers and advertising and just kind of everywhere. And, and didn't anticipate this at all when we first came up with this lo- logo for them. It was really just coming up with a, a mural for their anniversary party and it ended up being something that um kind of ended up on everything which is amazing yeah that's and pretty... i also did a... oh i'm sorry no go ahead i was just going to compliment you that's fine oh no <laughs> <laughs> um i you know they initially had um a logo that they were using for their for their brand, um, and this is an interesting, this is how the sugar skull ties in, but like, and it was uh, the three stars on, on a shield, or three stars brand company was printed on a shield, and then they decided they wanted to go through a rebrand, so I ended up doing a rebrand for that, incorporating like the rivets of the fermenter as part of the, as part of the logo, and, um, you know, just kind of adopted their font style and, and uh, created a new shape for their to contain the um, to contain the text of the um, of the company, and then also like kind of like if you kind of squint at it, it has like the shape of a hop, but it's a metal hop. Um, so that's kind of a, another nod to like the the business of beer. Um, but that was what I thought they were going to use for all their branding. But because they love the sugar skull so much, they ended up having me switch out um, the the brand to just have the sugar skull with the three stars brewing company underneath. And that's like what we put on everything. Now we've kind of like moved away from the shield um, concept, which is, you know, it just didn't see this coming. Like we didn't design for this. It just ended up working out that way, which is kind of cool. Yeah. It just shows the power and the, the versatility, right? Of that logo to think that what started off as something so small, just encapsulated, you know, you know, what they were hoping for and probably, you know, a tenfold, um, yeah, yeah it's, you know, it's cool too if you go to their website three stars uh, three of the number starsbrewing.com and kind of the, the gallery in the, on the main page you can see the you know the, the mural is part of the, the slideshow there and it's really cool to see that just uh, in kind of massive form and not to not to take away from the, the shield 
but it just to me it's night and day with you know with that versus the skull like i just think this the the skull is just it just has more and all those little subtleties i mean i think it's great i mean i'm, I'm irish so, you know, to, I, I some of the little things you know the celtic crosses and stuff i didn't, you know, didn't notice it as much before and you know the the little um intricate details and stuff like that and so I, I yeah i wasn't sure the story of what the, the skull was of you know but um it's yeah i think that's really i think that's that's, that's always one of my questions how you kind of teamed up with them so you kind of you're just a, a natural guest here kendra just making my job easier so it just kind of flowed <laughs> fl- flowed right into it yay yeah um and also just to just to add like i believe in um you know creating things that inspire us like artwork i mean my house is filled with artwork and bones. I mean, I'm uh, my partner and I, we both collect bones, um, which is funny that like, you know, I work with a company that has its mascot as a bone, <laughs> like a skull, but you know, we, we have like emu um, femur and like have a, you know, bear skull and, um, and like a, a, a water ox and like just a rather water buffalo. And, you know, I just, you know, when it's unique and, and, and accessible, like we totally purchase it and throw them up on our walls, just kind of like this thing that inspires us. And um, with the sugar skull specifically, and why I'm really happy that we got to do it for them is we wanted to give them kind of something that inspires them and give them kind of like a, a boost of energy when they look at it, you know, kind of to create a, I don't know, um, maybe alter is not the proper word, but some sort of like figure that kind of looks over the brewery and just gives them like a positive vibe, you know, that, you know, they, what they're doing is awesome and just keep going. And, you know, just that kind of inspirational place for them. It's just not like decoration. It literally has the intention of, of inspiring, you know, everybody who walks in there and everybody who works there. So, um, I mean, that was like, you know, it's kind of my, my little feeling about, or my feeling and my partner's feeling when we created it, we just wanted to give them something that gave them a lot of like energy. And, um, I guess that worked out because it, it has, it has, uh, definitely given them energy and, and, uh, like become like this kind of brand that works out very well. And, um, to that, I have to say, like, I've been looking at different brands for different breweries and, um, it's interesting when they adopt like kind of an, a mascot or when people don't really have a mascot that um, folks can kind of connect to and, and just like how that works. Um, so I'm glad that the Sugar Skull exists for three stars and I, I'm really happy to see it um, add to the business and add to the, the culture. And, you know, when people take pictures at the brewery, um, the, the, the mural is actually up on a ramp and we purposely put, we chose the wall that um, we knew nothing was going to be put in front of because, you know, at the time it was a completely like kind of, it had to think like four fermenters for, uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't very um, packed as it is now. Now it's like, there's no room for anything really, but um, it was kind of barren, but we, we knew that this, brewery was going to grow so when they were asking us like where do you want to put the mural where do you want to paint it we looked at this real estate which it was like built up um the wall is like you had to kind of go up a ramp to to get access to the wall like that's where we're going to put it because they can't put anything in front of it and it was like great let's do it so um the tricky thing was painting it on that surface because that meant we had to lean uh 
ladders and, and actually paint on that angle. And I tell you, I've never been more terrified trying to get up on a ladder <laughs> that's on an angle. <laughs> you know, like yeah. angling a ladder up against a wall on an angle. It's like kind of seems like a recipe for disaster. But yeah, we both, bad, you know, yeah. we lived so. It's yeah. a bad holiday uh, YouTube video, right? It's like before and the end. Oh, after. yeah. Yeah. Well, thankfully, you're you're all in one piece. And, yeah, I think, again, if you follow uh, Chilo, uh dot Productions on Instagram, I think it's really nice because obviously it shows some of your professional work. But what you were saying before about, you know, just how your perspective and you know, the way you see things and trying to bring a, a positive energy and, you know, how that resonates with you and your, you know, your partner and your life, I, I think it really – I think it's a good testament. So you, you mean left, you kind of left, you know, literally your mark on their wall and became, you know, it, it grew and morphed into their logo. So, I mean, that energy created, you know, this lasting image that, you know, when folks take the picture, they take those memories or those feelings with them. And I think it really is a, it's a good testament, you know, to, to what you're doing and your company's name and, you know, the meaning behind it. And so it's really, it's really nice to hear you, you know, explain that, but, you know, it just kind of, it definitely resonates and it's, it's been nice, you know, you're someone we've wanted to have on for, you know, a couple of seasons now. And so to, with that, you know, I get to follow along to what you're up to and it just seems like, you know, you enjoy life and you have a you know great perspective. And so I definitely, uh, I loved, you know, I'm, I'm really happy to, to know that that logo, which I really enjoy is yours. Yay. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah, because I think you know we you know more we need more folks like yourself, right? And I think it's important. You know, you have to put put stuff out there, and it, I I do believe that you know it helps make the you know the world a better place, and so that that's important. Yeah, gotta put good energy out there. You know, like that's if we're given the opportunity to do it, let's try. You know. Hell yeah! Now I also, <laughs> so I also yeah yeah I also, yeah, I also <laughs> noticed you're a, a big fan of. Uh, a very detailed and intricate, you know, tattoos. Are you a big uh, tattoo folk yourself? Yeah. Um, both my partner and I were pretty much covered. Um, I mean, I'm, I, I'm, <laughs> I have actually, you know, I mentioned before I have, you know, like my, um, I'm, I, I operate as a designer, like a cuttlefish where I blend into my surroundings, but, um, I have a big cuttlefish on my, my, one of my, on my right arm and, um, pretty tattooed i mean i definitely could have some more work done but um when my partner is pretty much head to toe tattooed so i i really enjoy um the art of tattooing and if i could you know have a a second life i would totally become a tattoo artist i think interpreting a person's idea and you know kind of getting what they're what they want to achieve in that moment and making it like and and placing on their body where it would last a very long time and, and hold up is a serious art. I mean, you know, I'm a little bit of an, uh, of a tattoo snob. I'm not going to lie. Um, I've been very fortunate to be tattooed by some very talented artists and, um, and I really like to follow what they're doing these days. And the one tattoo artist I really dig a lot is his name's Nasako and he, um, does geometric design, which to me doing geometric design on a, on a round body, it's just, mind-blowing and having like sharp lines and everything like that like it's just something to aspire to but yeah i'm a very big tattoo follower for sure yeah no i am as well i have none i mean i know but for the reason i'm aware of myself that that one would turn into 1000 like i just know i would love it and so i don't have any images that i'm ready to start 
the mural, I guess, of my body on. So I definitely, I'm open-minded to it, and I think I think I will at some point, but I definitely find myself following more uh, tattoo art and just kind of being in amazement of, like you're saying, like the beauty and perfection of the body, and then to have that be a canvas, which is not as controlled or as stable as, you know, a flat piece of paper or whatever. I mean, obviously, even doing your mural, you know, there's imperfections and, you know, crevices and what have you of the wall to represent your image but I mean just like you're saying just some of the ones that especially you share I've noticed is really it's really interesting because they're it's really amazing just amazing just to think that that you know by hand on a body and the amount of you know hours yeah. on hours it's pretty crazy I mean I I do like I you know I'm a big fan of Michelangelo and the Sistine Chapel I've been there a few times um, and just the idea of how he elongates the drawings um, before he puts them up on the concave curve. And when he does that, it, sh it shrinks the, the figure. So it actually looks proportionate, but he's, you know, he's done his math, he's done his, his research just to figure out like how, how stretched out does it need to be? So when he puts it up on the wall, it actually looks right. And to me, you know, when, when a person's getting tattooed, the artist has to be considerate of the fact that um, the body is convex. So it, because it's round, that means that the artwork has to be adjusted. We're not flat pieces of paper. We're actually round. So if it's on a shoulder, say, for instance, the artwork would have to be like condensed, um, like maybe 90 or 80 percent. Um, so it actually looks like um, squished a little. So when it spreads, it spreads over the, the body, it actually looks bright, which I'm not a hundred. I'm not a tattoo artist, but this theory, and I've actually, of course, um, tattoo artists to to condense my artwork to put on me before they did it, and then actually looks right to me. So I'm like, okay, that's that's my formula. I don't know, but in in how this relates to cans is when we're making artwork for around can, I have to think about how is it gonna be placed on the can where the words can be read from like that. I, I believe I measured it out to be like two and a quarter to two and a half inches wide is the visual um, plane of of the the label. So it doesn't wrap, so you don't have to like turn the label to see the entire word of the of the of the, the beer label. Um, you know, you can actually just see it sit very nicely on the shelf. So that's you know I, <laughs> I think about like um, tattooing definitely, you know, in its own way has influenced my my thinking when I develop labels, um, just in terms of like considering that the the surface that it's going to be printed on, and not just like rely just on a flat sheet of paper. You have to think one step ahead in terms of like when you put this on a can, how's it going to look? <laughs> you know. So, and I do tests. Like I'll print them out and then I'll uh, I'll put it on a blank can and see if it wraps like the way I need it to. And then um, if it doesn't, then I'll make the adjustments before sending it off to the printer. But I always think and think about that in the design. Yeah, I think this all the little things that I, that I, I've come to like, appreciate more. Like I said, every time I, you know when we do the podcast, we tell folks when you have that beer in your hand, you know, just hold it maybe a second longer before either you throw it out or whatever, or you, when you're about to open it, and just realize that all the extra thought that went into it from you know, yourself and even you know, folks like three stars making the commitment to work with artists like yourself. It's really just uh, a lot of extra thought that doesn't, you know, go down the, the gullet and, you know, be drank that, that 
kind of is uh isn't always appreciated so we really that's what we're just trying to to do is to to celebrate folks like yourself cool thank you and um this next one i think is probably one of our easier kind of questions it's our you know but when you're creating what's the you know what's the vibe in the studio or you do you have certain bands or, or music that you're listening to what's uh what's what's going on there at, at cello um, I generally like to listen to instrumental music, um, specifically like chill lounge, you know, um, I just want some like, you know, easy beats and just kind of like a nice atmosphere of music just to kind of get my brain, um, focused and not have like lyrics or, um, or voices distract me from my flow. So I, I just try to keep it like real mellow in the, the office and if I'm into it, I'll some incense or um, have my diffuser going with some oils um, just kind of like create a peaceful atmosphere and um, I have um, three screens <laughs> that I that I work from um, just to make sure that all my palettes have a place to be and I'm not like you know jacking up my my workspace with the um, with the uh, you know, the tools kind of blocking my view. So I, I try to create space for that. But yeah, I'm very much into music. Actually, in a, in a, in a third life, I would have been a, um, an audio engineer. I was really much, very big into music when I was a teenager and um, want to pursue that route. But, you know, finding out, like, I'm going to become a musician or rather, you know, audio engineer, rather, is which what I was going towards. Um, I just heard about the grueling um, work that you had to go through in terms of, like, getting into a studio and proving yourself and all of that stuff. And it just seemed too daunting for me. So I ended up just going to visual arts, which I ended up working just fine. Um, you know, I still really love music. Um, Prince is my very big influence. I've loved him since I was 15. Um, but that's kind of a side note. I can't really work and listen to Prince. <laughs> too distracting. But, you know, I just try to keep it chill in the office. Yeah. Nice. Well, we'll, we'll uh, We'll throw up some prints in the interview. We try to customize the the music of the yeah the beds when we do the kind of intros and outros to to the artists and what they they listen to. So we'll make sure we uh, do you proper and you know put some prints up on the uh, in, in the background when we oh. int- introduce the episodes. That's awesome. Yeah, we well, yeah I on your same vein. I I I did radio. It was at a college station for about a decade, and you know, I, I went to broadcasting school and I thought about making a career of it but then it just wasn't I got into radio because of the you know the beauties of the 60s and 70s where the the, the DJ was kind of like a, a talent you know finder and if they played a record then that became popular and now and not how it is now where the DJ just kind of run a computer program so once I learned all that stuff I was kind of like eh, I don't really want to do that like that's not for me so I kept doing you know the, the college freeform radio but that's why we got back into it with this. So I, I totally under, understand. Sometimes when you you find out all the the details, it's become you got to keep it as a as a passion, not necessarily a a job. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, Kendra, I I thank you. I'm glad we were able to connect and make this work. I I really enjoyed you know speaking with you. I do get down to uh, the D.C. area a couple times a, a year for for work, and so I definitely will make sure I. Uh, you know, reach out when I'm down there. We'd love to see your mural or in person, you know, experience some of the good energy and, uh, you know, yeah. maybe actually, um, there's, there's several murals that my partner and I did over there. We did the, um, Viking and the, um, Illuminati 
um, mural that they have in the in the uh, in the farmhouse. And um, yeah, so like we, we, yeah, so we definitely painted their walls. Um, but you know, they've kind of they they don't really have much wall space left because of all the um, you know hops and 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 like ingredients that they put into the beer now like lined up on top of the walls they have more murals but they've kind of got covered up because they're on a flat surface so um yeah anyways but yeah so if you want we should definitely uh, meet up for a beer and um go to three stars and check it out we'd love to have you awesome yeah i think that one of the things i've learned with with breweries like three stars like as they continue to grow and get more popular then you know, when they're listening to this, they might not like it, but eventually they're gonna have to. They find either bigger spaces or secondary locations, which for someone like you means more empty walls. So I think there's always gonna be <laughs> some some more your murals in the future. Yeah. Well, actually, they took over the space next door, so we'll see what happens with that. See, um, I told you, I'm like a soothsayer. Like yeah. I'm like a I'm like a soothsayer. I can feel it. Yeah. So it'll be good. Yeah. Excellent. Awesome. Well, I look forward to it, well, and thank I thank you, you so much. much. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. I'll, I'll keep in touch, and I'll let you know when we go live. Okay. Thank you, AJ. Oh, you have a great day. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye. And there we have it, folks. Episode number 48 is in the books. Kendra Kuliga, Cielo Productions, Three Star Brewing, Washington, D.C., our nation's capital. So there you have it. I want to thank Kendra once again for being part of the 16-ounce canvas, episode number 48, 48. Really proud of this episode. I think it was really nice. We've been trying to connect for a while. I was really glad to kind of you know bring it full circle. You know, three stars has been on the rise. And so it's really nice to, to see that and just to learn more about her and her process and the you know positive energy that she's putting out there. I think it's really, you know, I think it's really important now, you know, more than ever. And so I look, uh, look forward to, to, to visiting, hopefully be able to pick up a, uh, some merch with the, you know, with the sugar skull on it. And it's really nice to just kind of see how a small piece of that, you know, designing that mural just kind of grew, you know, grew organically and really just became, you know, their logo and became part of the brand and it's just something that has really grown and been kind of you know appearing on you know a lot more of their work uh, you know since then and so it was just really nice to learn in situations like that you know it's hard sometimes because I really realize that you know different aspects of branding you know or labels you know some you know brewers you know work with uh, breweries excuse me work with different artists or you know, different aspects of their, you know, art or imagery is done by different people. So we asked and we were really happy that Kendra did that. It was really nice because it just kind of brought the interview kind of full circle, really gave some great insight into her, you know, how from that one piece, like we said, kind of just kind of blossomed and really became something. And just to hear, you know, about her approach and, you know, trying to, you know, put positive things out there and, you know, kind of the spirituality and the work that she and her partner do, uh, do, you know, currently and, you know, continue to do. So just really, uh, it was really nice to hear that. And so I really love learning more about people. Yeah. People just in general, I think it's nice. You know, I, I'm blessed 
to be doing this. You know, it was like I said, 48 episodes is just, it's really great. I know that we get a little repetitive on that. Every couple of weeks, we kind of just do the, holy shit, can't believe we're doing this. But, like I said, I'm blessed. I've, you know, this is episode 48. I think we have actually 47 that are on iTunes, you know. Do the infamous episode number 25, uh, which we will, you know, redo with Vincent at some point. But I've met, you know, 50 plus individuals, you know, over the phone, in person, through, you know, connecting with them. You had a wonderful experience meeting, you know, some of the the guys at uh, Oxbow, like I said, a few weeks back. And so this project has been, you know, been really positive for me. And so I'm really, you know, Hopefully you're taking something positive away from it, you know, wherever you are, wherever you're enjoying, whatever part of the journey you're, you know, hopping on the train, so to speak, you know, welcome. Or, you know, if you're an alum, we, you know, we thank you too. So uh, the feedback has been great. We grow week over week and it's just really exciting. But yeah, I've been blessed. I've met, you know, 50 plus individuals, you know, artists, designers, illustrators, brewers, owners. And it's been, yeah, it's been great. It's made my life better. And so uh, hopefully, uh, you know, it's uh, maybe help you through a shitty day at the, day at the office or uh, a nice long road trip or just, uh, you're hanging out with the friends. However you're uh, ingesting or enjoying, salute. Uh, you know, cheers to you and you and you. So remember to check out Kendra Cielo Productions. My Italian is shit, but I apologize. C-I-E-L-O productions.com. Cielo.Productions on Instagram. Follow along with the adventures of Kendra and Bella and the work that they're doing, you know, the enjoying of life. And, uh, you know, follow along. Three Stars Brewing is three, the number. Starsbrewing.com. You can also find them on the IG, the Instagram. And if you're you know not sure how to find us, we don't know how you got here, but we thank you. You can check us out via our website, 16ozcanvas.com. That's the 16ouncecanvas.com. 16ozcanvas on, let's see, we got the Facebook, the Twitter, Instagram, and we're also utilizing the YouTube. So we are cool. We are hip. We are where all the young kids are, and we're having fun in the process. My name is AJ. This is the 16ounce canvas, and we thank you, and we thank you, and we thank you. So stay in touch, and until next week, Hold that beer in your hand, hold that bottle, look at that label, and realize all the all the hard work, all the love, the creativity. And remember that the you know the brewery and the folks involved made a conscious choice to go just a little bit further, you know, bring that art, bring that branding, and work with some of these amazing people. So we're blessed and we thank you. Until next week. Cheers, my friend. So we thank you if you are still tuned in here. Um, we wanted to, this last segment, we wanted to make sure that we kind of, you know, when you're younger, you would have the, the records and they had the, the secret tracks. And we wanted to just kind of say something, but we also 
want to be respectful of you know the artist for this week, you know Kendra, and not kind of ramble or kind of uh, interfere with you know with her episode. You know this is separate, but. You know, this last week, we unfortunately had another unfortunate and, in my opinion, preventable, you know, school shooting in Florida. And I just wanted to, you know, just share, you know, there's a there's a song I wanted to share with you. It was, it's written by my, you know, good friend, uh, Eric, of the Alternate Roots. And unfortunately, it's a song, you know, about his parents. And it's a song that... He was hesitant to write for a long time um, because of, you know, just how polarizing the the gun debate is. But, you know, after having his first child and, you know, the Florida nightclub shooting, the Pulse nightclub, it was just something that, you know, he needed to finalize and get out there. And so it's a it's a it's a powerful song. And I think it'll make you think. Um, you know, as you, if you listen to the show before, you know, I'm probably a little more on the, the liberal side, but I don't look at life or death as a, as a partisan issue and bullets don't have, you know, donkeys or elephants on them. You know, they don't care. They don't care who you are. They don't care your race, your, you know, your religion, your sexuality, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're destructive regardless. And I'm just going to say, if uh, I'm not a gun person, I've never owned or shot or, you know, been involved with that, you know, I have some, uh, you know, great, you know, uncles and grandparents who've been in the military, but, you know, that's not something that's, you know, um, part of, you know, my normal, uh, circle. Uh, I, I do, do know a few individuals, you know, but with that said, let's just say, you want to, you know, you don't lose your, you know, you, you'll fight and say you want to keep your Second Amendment right or you don't want to lose your your guns or any of that stuff. Mm, well, I'll, I'll agree with you. Let's just, you know, we'll go along with that. I'm just trying to figure out ways to, to move forward and have discussions where it's not so polarizing. All I'm asking is, A, we have a discussion. You'd be open to it, see things differently. But also, if that's the really, if being, a, you know, a, gun owner or, you know, maybe your NRA, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever it is, that idea of that club or, you know, that ideal, just make it harder. Just make it really rigorous and difficult. If, you, if it's your right, okay, it's your right, but doesn't mean it should be free. doesn't mean it should be easy. doesn't mean that with all the technology and big data out there that, you know, there shouldn't be ways to, you know, lift up a couple extra stones so that when, you know, or maybe make it, you know, mandatory that you need to go to training and show that you've gone to training before that, you know. I can buy a car, but if I don't have a license, I can't drive it, you know. So, you know, I, I really think it's important that we look at things big picture and discussions like that. So, you know, keep your club, you know, be really cool, be proud of that, and you know, I respect that. I think to to make change, you know, it comes from small steps. We're not going to leap and get rid of all guns right away. I mean, I, I would argue we should be getting rid of military-grade weapons and, you know, the like, but let's just for now make it super hard to get them. Because if you've done nothing wrong, 
if you're a proud, you know, if you're an exemplary you know, owner, then you'll have no problem. You'll have a clean record. You'll be able to get them. It might, you know, it might take you a week versus 48 hours, but it's a gun. It's a serious thing. An 18-year-old ch- child with mental problems who's been, you know, expelled from school for issues and been in and out of the, you know, foster care system should not be able to buy a military-grade rifle with, especially with having been, you know, researched or flagged by the FBI. So, this song is called Somewhere in America, and it's a, you know, it's a powerful song. And I share with you, you know, I know this is a beer podcast, and we try not to be too political, and we respect that, but this is my creative outlet, and this is an opportunity to discuss things. And so, you know, it's part of who I am, and it's really been something that's been causing me, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, hardship. And so this is my way of, you know, maybe someone is still listening, and if you are, you know, thank you. Maybe listen to this song, and, you know, I think song is powerful and words that, you know, your music can paint a bigger picture, and it's, it's intense, but I just, it's called Somewhere in America, and let's just hope that, you know, those phones don't ring again and that we actually have a conversation because I don't want to be, you know, having this, you know, secret track on a future podcast. Thanks. The last thing that my father saw When he was still alive Was a gun in the hands of a sick young man With bright blue eyes A man who looked just like me As far as anyone could see a stranger not an enemy and my mother watched it all that was the last thing that she saw and somewhere in America a phone is about to ring Nothing can prepare you for the news it's gonna bring And nothing ever changes Just the names in the faces Somewhere in America A phone is about to ring Unlucky break, wrong time, wrong place I've heard them all so many times If your dad had had a gun of his own Maybe they'd still be alive
to change Or you can fight to stay the same Phone is about to ring. 